The scripture today is from Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust can consume, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As, as I sit there and watch that, Part of me gets exhausted thinking about what this year has held, and then part of me gets so excited about all the ways that we have been in ministry. And I think about those emotions for me, but I hope you're having two emotions as you watch that. I hope one of your emotions is exhilaration to be part of, of so many different vital, exciting ministries over here. And I believe some of you think, where was my ministry? You know, there as many things as were photos as were on there, there were many more missing. Many areas of ministry we didn't even touch on in those images. So part of you should be like, my ministry should be represented there. But maybe part of you is like, all of that, and I'm wondering where I was on some of those days, you know, how I might have been part of those ministries. I think it speaks well to all we have going on. It's, it's a vital ministry around here, and there is room for everybody to be part of it. Sometimes I walk down the halls and I'll be walking with someone, there'll be something going on in Davis or Spears, and somebody, the person will say to me, what's going on in there? And frequently I have to say, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that I can't keep up with all that's going on around here, and, and that's the way it should be. We're an active church, and those images help us recognize that. But I, but I want you to know that we're not active for the sake of activity. We're active for the sake of the good news of Jesus Christ for the sake of loving others in Jesus' name. And all those images you saw and, and all the images that we didn't put on there and all the ways that, that we have ministries going on that you're passionate about are, well, those are all related to that same bottom line of wanting to love others in Jesus' name. And so I'm grateful to you for your part that you play in each of those areas. You know, I, I think it was introduced to you last week that We've got a theme going on for stewardship right now. We're thinking about hearts. As I read in the scripture today, and you heard last week, Jesus say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We're talking about hearts this week, and we've invited you, we're inviting you to place your heart in places. Uh, there are posters up in the commons area, and there'll be posters up, or our posters up on the youth hall where people can take their stickers and the heart stickers and place them on these posters. So we're asking you to go there and to, to put your heart where your heart sticker, where your heart is. Or maybe we're asking you to put your heart sticker where you want your heart to be. Do you think about where you want your heart to be? Maybe your heart is just where it is and that's where you think it should be, but, but I think you'd want to think about where do I want my heart to be? Where do I want my life to go? In what direction do I want it to go? Wes Fowler, if you know him, came up to me a few months ago and he said to me, Will I want to serve somewhere in the church? Now, he said that to me walking out the door of the sanctuary. I never really just warning. Don't tell pastors at the door of a church something meaningful in your life if you expect him or her to remember it a few minutes later. So 
So Wes told me that on the way out of the sanctuary, and it went in and out. And then a few weeks later, he came to me and said, I want to talk about where I can be in service here. So I called him up, and I said, Wes, I have a job for you. I'd like for you to volunteer to be an administrative assistant for the youth ministry. He said, well, that's not where I thought I was going to be called, um, but I'll do it. And so Wes has been coming up to the offices and doing some things to help Nate and the youth ministry out. I know from his reaction that, that Wes's heart was not in the youth ministry when he asked me, where can I serve around here? But I would guarantee that Wes's heart is more in the youth ministry now than it was two months ago when he came to me and said, I want to serve around here, just by putting his time in there. I was washing the car on Friday. I started thinking about the relationship we have to cars. I don't know if you do this. Some people name their cars. And, you know, a lot of us have fond memories of their car. I had an old, my, when my grandfather died, it was about the time I was starting to drive, and so I got his 1984 Buick Electra. It was huge. And, yeah, I used to drive that car, and, and since it wasn't the coolest car on campus, I kept it meticulously clean. I, I, my older sister would, would say to me, you're going to wash the paint off of that car. So every weekend I was washing the car and backing in the car and keeping it as clean, clean as it could be. And we, we had a relationship, I had a bond with that car. And now talking to my children about what it would be like to have a car like that back in our life. Now that is one of thousands of cars that were made like that, most of which are now in junkyards. But there's something about that car that, that holds my heart. And I think it's because of the miles we spent together and the time I spent caring for it. It's just the invested time in it. By being together, we kind of formed a relationship. When we give ourselves, our hearts, which we think represents our time and our treasure and our talent, when we give that to something, it starts to take hold. And, and the more we give to it, the more it means to us. Wes did not wait until his heart was in the youth ministry before he said, I will give myself to help the youth ministry. And now I'm confident that his heart is following him into that ministry. So think about where your heart is. And then think about where you want your heart to be. Sometimes when we... Imagine what we want to become. We can start moving in the direction of, of what it is. So think about what, you, what matters to you and, and why. It's not, always, it's not only when we first have things matter to us that we, uh, we need to think about why they matter to us, but, but it is a good time when they first matter to us. I'll have engaged couples come to me wanting to get married. They're excited. They come to the office. They're all full of love and happiness. So I ask them, you know, what is it that you love about the other? They start to sweat. <laughs> they know that there's got to be the answer that the preacher wants to hear from us before he'll say yes to marrying us. So they freeze trying to think about what that answer might be. When the silence gets a little bit awkward... 
they start to think, the groom starts to think that the bride doesn't know what it is he loves about her. And even more embarrassing that I think he doesn't know what he loves about her. He realizes saying that she's pretty is probably not enough to build a marriage on. So I let them sweat it out for a little while until they come up with some reason that they love one another. It's good fun. When I was 24 and going through premarital counseling, I, I was asked a similar kind of question by the ministry who married us. I'm sure it would have taken me a lot longer to stammer this out than I'm about to say it, but it would have all been true. I love Sally because of her faith. I love Sally because of her care for other people, especially children. I love Sally because of her mind. And I love Sally because of how she looks. (laughs) All those are still true, but now I think more about another reason I love her, and it's because of the life we're building together, what we're moving toward. Our investment in our future isn't just based on how we felt about each other when we were 24 years old. It's not based just on how we feel about each other right now. Which tells us that our future is not just based on that day's feelings. It's about the future we want to have together. Our marriage is based on what we're growing toward, what we're becoming So we're doing things that help us become who we like to become. We're trying to grow spiritually. We're we're trying to grow emotionally. We're trying to grow mentally. We're we're trying to stay healthy. We're working on our retirement account so we can fund those dreams I have for us. Every once in a while, pretty often, I pitch to Sally my next retirement idea. So far, our being around the country is not taking on much traction. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, I didn't... <laughs> Normally, I'd supply the slides. I didn't supply this time. So I'm as interested as you are to see what comes up next. <laughs> that's looking about right. Um, so that's not taking hold with Sally. So the next idea I had was that we could go out to uh, Yellowstone and become like park ranger assistants. I thought that'd be great fun. We're still working on that. I guess I have a few years to convince her of that kind of fun. What I know is it's important, you know, 20-some years from now we're, we're talking about, but it's important now to be thinking about what we're headed toward because to have the kind of retirement that we'd like to have means we can't have all the things we want to have now. And one of the ways to make it possible to have that retirement is to not deny ourselves some of the things we would want now so that we can have some of the things we'd want then. So we, we talk about this from time to time. We go to our investment helper, our financial planner, and we, we talk about these things with her. And first times we had to go in there, we had to tell her everything. We had to tell her our debt, our assets, our income. It was a little bit you know, embarrassing to lay bare before one of your good friends your whole life. She was gracious about it. So we talked about where we were and, and then started talking about where we want to be, what we'd like to become, what our life might hold. What would we want our retirement to be like? And 
then we had where we are, and we had where we'd like to go, and then the conversation turned to how to get from where we are to where we'd like to go. And I have to think that spiritual planning isn't that different than financial planning. I think there's a reason Jesus brought up treasure when he was talking about discipleship. He's talking to to his disciples about what it means to follow him, and he brings up where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I, I think Jesus understood there's some connection between our treasure and our discipleship. So I think we should develop a financial a spiritual plan, a discipleship plan that mirrors the kind of thing we spend our time on financially. What if we looked at our lives and said, I would like to become that kind of disciple. I'm not there yet. But this is the kind of disciple of Jesus Christ I would like to become. And just like happened with our financial planner, somebody said to you, This is where you are. You tell them, this is where I am. And then you tell them, this is where I'd like to go. This is who I'd like to become. And you think about a a path, a track, to get from where you are to where you'd like to go. In a sense, this class we offer regularly around here called a Disciples Path helps us think about these things. We, We come together, and in that class we discuss our worshiping life, our praying life, our studying life, our giving life, our evangelism, our, our witnessing life. And when we start that course, we, talk, we kind of self-assess. Nobody's telling you where you are, but we look at where we are. You know, each person says, I think I'm here on their own little chart. And then through the weeks, we talk about other practices that you could have to get to where you want to be. And then at the end, you know, we sort of say, what your next step. If you feel like your witnessing life is not what you think Jesus wants of it, what takes you from where it is to where you want to go? It's a discipleship plan. It's a way to grow and improve. Jesus looked at his disciples and he thought there's some ways for them to grow and improve. And one of those ways seemed to do with how they dealt with their treasure what they would do with it, how they handled it, because he seemed to know that how they handled their treasure would affect how they handled being a disciple. It would affect what was going on with their heart. It's important for me to recognize that Jesus was not trying to raise a church budget in that conversation. Jesus was not trying to think about how to get cost of living increases for a staff. He wasn't trying to to make sure they cover the insurance premiums that had risen. He wasn't trying to pay for 100,000 square feet of upkeep. Jesus wasn't concerned about those kind of things that keep me up at night. What Jesus was concerned about is his disciples. And when he was thinking about his disciples, that's when he said to them, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He looked at his disciples, and knowing human nature, he talked about them developing a plan, a strategy for their treasure, knowing that where they put it is where their hearts would go. It's true of us, too. So Jesus has a request. It's one that Martin Copenhaver observed. He said, Jesus doesn't ask us to feel charitable toward our neighbor or our 
enemies? That would be asking something that is out of our control. We can't feel on command. Instead, Jesus asks us to act. In other words, as our discipleship planner, Jesus isn't waiting for us to feel like giving before telling us to give any more than our financial planner would tell us to wait till you're in retirement to start thinking about funding your retirement. It's not based on how you're feeling. The time to start funding your retirement is now. The time to start figuring out how to be a disciple is now. Jesus doesn't want us to wait because he wants our hearts to be in the right places. And where we put our treasure is where our hearts will go. Your treasure will go somewhere. Determining where that is in many ways determines where your heart will go. So while we're thinking about stewardship these weeks, which of course includes funding these ministries that are so important to us, so vital in our lives around here, what Jesus wants us to think about is even bigger than the church budget, even more important than the church budget. Jesus is wondering how we will steward our hearts, our lives. And one of the assessment tools he's offering is for us to consider where is our treasure. The reason we do that is because it's an indication as to where are our hearts. What do you want to become? What kind of person do you want to grow into? From where you are to where you are going, what kind of person is that? Who is that? And, and what would the investment of your time and your talent and your treasure say about where you're trying to get to and how you're working to get there? My hope is that we will be intentional about our discipleship. We'll be intentional about sorting out where we think Jesus is calling us to be as disciples of his. And indications of that are where we invest our time, where we invest our talent, and where we invest our treasure. I hope here is part of that. It's a good place. Doing good things in the name of Jesus. It's a good place to put your hearts. I invite you to do so.